Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sales Podcast, podcast where a comedian talks to a relationship therapist about dating and relationships in the modern world. A few announcements before we get into this podcast. Uh, if you listen to my other podcast, Neil and Jordan, quick plug if you don't, uh, the last two I recorded, we, we I was definitely quite forlorn and not in the best uh, mindset and uh, I'm a lot better now, so uh, rest assured. I am not. Uh, I'm not uh, in an absolute state of despair. Did you go on some tangents there? A few little ones. Yeah, mm. I hinted at a few things, and I was definitely uh, amidst a little mini existential crisis. Yes. You know. You know. I've told you what's going on in yeah. my life, and look. I look. I went through a breakup, and it's all. It's better now. But uh, I've decided to. Um, from now on, all the subscriptions for this podcast and the Neil and Jordan podcast, all the money will go towards charity. So yay! I'm trying to be a better person, trying to contribute a bit more to the world and not just live for me. Um, so if you are uh, a subscriber, you will know that the, the, uh, the money from your subscription will be going to the Life You Can Save charity, which is a collection of charities actually. And the ethos of those charities is that each dollar spent is is worth the most altruism. So, uh, mm. you know, for only $2, you can uh, prevent malaria for certain children in Africa. So they wow. try to find charities where uh, you're doing the most good per dollar. So uh, subscribe, or should I say donate, <laughs> if you can. Mm. Uh, we do offer subscriber questions. Uh, anyway. I just wanted to let you all know that and thank you for the people who have already subscribed. Um, we are going to do another subscriber question on this podcast. Yay. It's a juicy one. But before we get into that, how are you, Eliza? I Gotta am good. I am healed from my shoulder. So, nice. Well, mostly. I went to the gym last night and I was like, I'm going to test this, but I haven't yet seen a physio. So I was doing some weights and it was like clicking every time I moved it. Now it's a bit sore. But yeah, whoops, <laughs> we'll okay. deal with that later. That's a future me problem. How are you? Okay, yeah, I'm good. I'm uh, I'm all right. Uh, do you think it's? I'm just thinking about what I said there, like my announcement, right? Because mm. I'm not even the one donating to the charity. I'm like, yeah, if you guys subscribe, I'll give it to charity. <laughs> so am I even? I should probably do more as well. It's altruistic still. Like people like to. You're much more likely to get a donation if you're offering something in exchange so if mm. someone says pay seven dollars and i'll donate this to a charity or pay seven dollars and you can get this like 30 cent rubber band to wear on your wrist people will be like rubber band kind of thing okay so it, we you can listen to us talk for an hour there you go it's pretty good yeah so on juicy juicy subjects juicy so, sex relationship subjects yes. <laughs> so a little bit of spice um yeah, if you uh, are interested in sending a question that we will discuss, go to neilcolhacker.com slash podcasts. And this one comes from Anonymous. Yeah, don't say his name this time. Coming from so. Anonymous. Oh, look, you already revealed his gender. All right. <laughs> Hi, Neil and Eliza. I trust you are well. Firstly, I love the podcast and can't wait for it to come out every week. I admire people who genu genuinely want to help others share their knowledge and help make the world a better place. I've picked up so much, not only on relationships, but also life in general with some philosophies that I'll use for the rest of my life. Aww. That's really lovely. Thank you. 
Okay, so the question is, how do you deal with a crush on a coworker? I'm happily married to my wife of six years. Let's see why he wants to be anonymous. Mm -hmm. And I'm living a wonderful life. Recently, my work hired someone new and out of nowhere, I realized I was attracted to her, both physically and intellectually. I say out of nowhere because I often interact with women that I observe are attractive, uh, bracket, friends, coworkers, et cetera, close bracket, and think nothing of it. However, with this coworker, I get the whole butterflies in my stomach, excited to see and interact with her, wanting to flirt, and thinking about her outside of work. These are feelings I haven't felt since meeting my wife. The nature of my work means I have to interact with her on a semi-regular basis. I believe crushes slash infatuation, even if you are happily married, can be a normal thing to happen from time to time. And if that's all this is, I don't really have an issue as I know it will fade away. My issue is I sometimes fantasize that she is into me and wants to take things further. This part of my brain also picks up on body language from her that suggests this isn't out of the question. However, the rational part of me says I'm most likely reading too much into it and she is just being friendly but doesn't want anything more than a professional relationship. Feels like the two sides of my mind is in constant conflict, the interpretation of body language being one, the excitement of having these feelings, then the guilt of having these feelings for another woman, the sadness knowing this can never possibly happen versus my rational mind saying, idiot, you have the most beautiful, gorgeous, amazing wife who loves you. Why would you want anything else? Why are you getting upset about an infatuation? Just let it go. I've tried to think about why I'm having the struggle and have come up with two main things. The feeling of infatuation and the thrill of meeting someone new is exciting and my instinct wants to extend this feeling as long as possible. The thought of someone desiring you, even if it is wrong, even if it only exists in your mind, is a nice feeling. Just to be clear, I am not looking to pursue a relationship with this coworker. My rational brain knows this would be one of the biggest mistakes I could make and would be something I would regret forever. I truly love my wife and enjoy the life we are living together. My questions are, first one, am I a horrible person? Second one, how can I deal with this internal struggle I am having? Third one, is it wrong to have fantasies that someone else is into you or a part of you wants this to be reality? I know women are more attuned to nonverbal signals and body language than men are. While I'm not actively trying to put out any signals of my attraction towards her, I'm afraid that she may figure it out after a while. Do you have any advice for this? Up until listening to this podcast, I never even considered that some people may use this to feed their ego or manipulate people. While I hope this doesn't happen... How can I recognize this and make sure this doesn't happen? I know in reality she isn't into me and would never want to take things further. How should I handle this? If she asks me what her feelings are towards her, should I lie or tell her the truth? Is this an indication that there is something missing in my life deep down that I'm unaware of? Is this an indication that I'm not as confident in myself as I once thought and I need to feed my ego by entertaining the idea that another woman finds me attractive? I had some confidence and self-esteem issues in my 20s, which I have improved upon, but this has me questioning that as well. To sum up, I don't want to hurt or lead anyone on. I want to know how to handle my roller coaster of emotions and not add fuel to the fire. Of course, I would love to hear your additional thoughts and comments. One last thing, I just realized my flirting comes across as quirky, weird, and quite likely annoying. So maybe all I have to do is flirt with her. No. She'll find, <laughs> she'll find this unattractive and that'll fix everything. Oh, He's so cute. Okay, this last comment was tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> wow. Well, there's a lot there. That's a that's a big question. Thank you very much we for love that it. one. First of all, I just before I'll get to what I'm sure Eliza can unpack this a lot better than me, but I relate to this. Yeah. So much. A lot of people do. So much. Just the constant. Okay, my rational brain says this yeah. is wrong, but. <laughs> Is it wrong to have this feel? The, the constant second guessing and the mm. multiple thought track going through your mind. In fact, it's something I've just recently experienced and mm. didn't deal with very well. So, Eliza, hearing all of that, let's get your, first of all, your brief overview of what you think of everything. And then let's go through each of the questions he has yeah. one by one. Let's do it. Can we give him a name? Because it's going to be hard. To sure. Listen. Let's. Uh, who's your favorite male celebrity? <sighs> Too hard. You are. (laughs) Nah, you're not. (laughs) Kidding. Let's call him Randy. (laughs) Where'd you get that from? I just felt like it. All right. Randy. I was going to say Chris, but Chris Hemsworth. Okay, we'll say Chris. Chris or Randy, whichever one comes out. Okay. First of all, Randy slash Chris, you're not a horrible person at all. And you'd be so surprised how many people go through this exact same thing and how many people have asked me this exact same question to a T. It's incredibly normal and incredibly common. Not that it's a good thing, um, but clearly your insight into the situation and that it's something that you want to address shows that you are very loyal to your partner and you're willing to, um, your heart's in the right place with it. So, So don't stress too much. But I think the best place to kind of start with this is it's not all your fault. And that's something that there's a lot of shame that comes along with these feelings. As we know, when you experience them, it's a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, and then throwing in excitement. It's a roller coaster. Um, so just to start with, like, I guess, biology, um, we as humans are always seeking social validation. And when we have someone new and shiny and we see that as a potential person to give us validation especially when they're friendly and smart and attractive our brain and our body is going to be pushing being like get more get more get more validation from this person and you're going to crave Mm -hmm. them you're going to be thinking about them you're going to be thinking about them before you go to bed and wondering about them because it's you know, your partner of this many years can only validate you so much before. It's something that it's like, I hear this every day. I know you love me. I know you adore me. I know you think I'm handsome at home or whatever. But having someone you say that and feeling feelings you haven't felt in so many years, it's intoxicating. Is that how, how you felt when you experienced things like this? Uh, I would relate it more to that constant thought track in your mind about am I doing the right the thing? Analysis. You know, the analysis. The overanalysis, yeah. which... It, he's definitely over uh, well i wouldn't i don't know if it's over analyzing but there's a deep analysis that's occurring in his mind and that's something i relate to Mm. as as for the feelings or attract attraction for other people uh because my more recent relationships were non-monogamous i didn't feel guilty Mm. about the attraction Mm -hmm. and i never had feelings for other people Mm. but that uh analysis of what was going through my mind and should i do this should i not do this that I can 100% yeah. relate to. And, and then and then also you. thinking, oh, am I a bad person? Mm-hmm. What have I done? All of that. Uh, yeah, I, I relate to what's yeah. going through his mind. I, I can't relate to that particular situation. Yeah. But I mean, how many times have you had really like I haven't been, been in, in an office marriage. situation? <laughs> yeah. haven't done that. Co-workers every day for years. Yeah, no. Mm. And especially new co-worker, it makes it, makes it trickier. And... 
I think to start though, you're not a bad person. And I know I said that before, but I really kind of want to like hash it into you, Chris, Randy, that it's not something that you should feel deeply, deeply ashamed for, but it's, you're right in the sense that a lot of people will interpret in situation like this being like, I've been in a six, five, six, seven year marriage. And then all of a sudden, have I fallen in love with someone else? And then perceive that as this means something, I should leave my current relationship. And it's a very frequent um, situation that occurs that when you start to desire someone else, it does not mean that this is a situation that means your current relationship is lacking. And and this guy, Randy, has made it pretty clear that he he doesn't feel that his relationship is lacking. He feels supported and loved and he's got a beautiful wife at home in his words. So I think that it's not it's not drawn on or it's not instigated by I'm not being appreciated at home and this person's giving me appreciation. I think it's really coming from a place of you've come across someone that you find to be attractive and your body is feeling charged with that attraction and you're sexually charged or whatever. And like you said, having like fantasies about them liking you back. It's just drawn on to this, you, you are desiring, feeling wanted, which is such an understated, emotion like I, I know two people that got um married last weekend and the um the guy that was marrying them said what what was your favorite thing about your wife mm-hmm. and like what drew you to her initially and it wasn't you know she's smart she's kind she's empathetic it was that she made me and she makes me every single day feel so wanted and that's why he fell in love with her and so that is a feeling that Aww. is very very special to come by and it's not necessarily that this coworker that you don't even think likes you is making you feel wanted. It's that you're seeking her to want you. And that that is the kind of exciting process of it. Um, but I also think that in your, in your question, Randy, you've said a few times that she doesn't even like you and it's very unlikely she likes you. But what if she does? And how do I know this? I think you have to prepare for the worst. You can't just think, okay, whether or not she likes you makes no difference. It'll make a big difference to how you feel. Obviously, it'll make things harder if you find out she was like, I really want you. You're going to be, it's going to be harder to deal with. But you have to handle the situation the same because you can't just assume, oh, she doesn't like me. Therefore, it's easier for me to just drop this because if she does like you, you're still going to have to handle the situation. Do you agree? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I think that – well, uh, what do you suggest that he does, first of all? Should he tell his wife? Should he tell the co-worker? Yeah. I, no. I, no? <laughs> no. I, I'm never about keeping things from your partner, and that's something that I think Randy would have to decide about whether or not he wants to share this with his wife or whether or not he wants to deal with it as quickly and efficiently as possible and and bury that because there are certain things that you can say in a partnership depending on your partner that she may never feel comfortable again with you going to work every day. She may be yeah. stressed for the rest of her life. She may think that this is an emotional affair, which is kind of bordering on that, even though it's one-sided, it, he is stepping into that emotional affair territory because he is so like deeply craving this other woman. Um, but I think that Randy, if Randy deals with it and copes with it and gets over it quicker, I don't think it's necessary for him to necessarily inform his wife. However, if he, if his wife is someone that was very rational and is very kind of 
open with these things and has expressed the similar things in the past and it's a relationship where you feel that you'll be really supported to share that, then by all means. But I, I, I couldn't say whether or not you should or shouldn't. With something like that where you want to bury feelings, mm. doesn't that then exacerbate them? Because we know that when you know something is wrong and inappropriate, that makes us lust for it more. Sometimes, but sometimes not. I mean, there's, the thing is, is that when it comes to a relationship that is a potential infidelity situation, mm -hmm. whether it is emotional or physical, your brain is going to seek ways to logically rationalize you being closer to the person that you're fantasizing about. Yeah, so makes, you're going to think, I'm going to tell let's call her Lucy. I'm going to tell Lucy from the office that, you know, I'm really attracted to her. So we have to keep more distance and therefore she will have responsibility in being distant from me and then it will end. But really that's your, that's your rational, that's the way you're denying and lying to yourself. But really deep down, if you kind of was super honest with yourself, you're probably wanting to tell her to see if she feels the same way or mm. just to let her know that you're attracted to her. So you're going to make yourself feel better by being like, oh, I only told her because I wanted her to, you know, keep space from me. But no, you're telling her probably because you wanted her to know that you feel attracted to her and you want to know if she feels attracted to you. So don't communicate any of this to Lucy or the new office girl. It's, it's the first thing you shouldn't do. Don't involve her. It's not about her. Whether or not she likes you, you, you don't involve her in it. Um, so do not have those discussions. And you, one of your questions was, if she asks me, what do I say? Do I lie? You don't have to lie. You just say, Lucy, this isn't an appropriate conversation to have between co-workers and I'm married. Um, I think that we should just maintain a co-worker relationship. And as much as it's going to feel so shit to say that to someone that you're attracted to and you desire and you don't want to like put those boundaries in place, mm. Randy, you have to force yourself to. You have to. Mm. There's no other way around it. If you're in a monogamous relationship, you absolutely have to do it. And it's so hard because we see so often – in, especially in like, you know, I'm, I'm always reading Reddit relationships, for example. I'm addicted to it or yeah. when everyone writes in with their dramas or even when people write into me and you so often see um, a woman or even a man just saying like my partner um, – there's another, they have a friend or a coworker who's very flirtatious with them. I'm really worried and fair, but he won't put boundaries in place. He won't say no because he respects that person and he likes that person. And you can, but you got to prioritize your relationship. If you've chosen, which you, Randy, it looks like you have to prioritize your relationship above Lucy, the office chick, then this is. This is what the boundary you have to put into place because you, that's how you show respect to your, your wife and it's how you show respect to yourself that you can come through these situations and yeah. handle them appropriately. Well said. Thank you, Eliza. Thanks. I <laughs> have absolutely zero expertise in dealing with something like this, but I remember one fact from, I think it was actually an Esther Perel book, something like 90 plus percent of people who leave their partner yeah. to pursue an, an affair as their primary partner, 90 plus percent of those relationships don't work out. Absolutely. That is 100% factually correct. And I don't know if it's exactly, I think it might have been like 89%, but you know, basically it's, it's a, lot. It's a <laughs> major, vast majority of relationships yeah. aren't going to 
you're going to leave your relationship with your wife and then chase this other person because you feel this lust. But guess what? In three years, two, three years, that lust, that drive, that lust, like obsession isn't going to be there anymore. It's not going to be as present. And then you're going to be dealing with a whole other set of issues. So, you know, your your current wife is going to have issues you have to deal with. And then the new person is eventually going to have issues that you have to deal with. And whether or not one's better than the other, every single relationship, you have is almost going to have the same outcome there's not going to be this holy soulmate situation where you're like oh my god i never knew love until lucy walked in the door and i haven't felt that way you know that's that's your brain tricks you into thinking that for that's a a physical reaction you have it may not be a logical one you've you've built an established relationship with lucy uh with with your wife sorry and it's important to maintain that if that's what you're choosing to do. Um, and it, it sounds like he's not dissatisfied with his wife. No, by any means. he's very yeah. happy and 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 satisfied with her. So yeah, uh, how would the situation be different, say, if someone was articulating feelings of dissatisfaction with their primary partner, mm. and then also having feelings for a coworker? So if you were If you were saying like, you know how we talk often about how the men most frequently cheat when their wife is pregnant and it's probably because their wife isn't giving them as much a love, affection and attention as as they were once receiving eight, seven months ago and it's been a long time without feeling love because your wife's miserable with hormonal, in pain, you know, going being pregnant is shit apparently. And um, for a lot of women, it's a, it's a, it's a very intense process to go through. And so when something is lacking in your relationship, obviously you crave what is lacking. And if you're looking at your wife or your husband and you're like, they're not, they're not going to give me that. They're not going to give me this wild sexual experience. Look at her. She's nine months pregnant, sweating on the couch, crying because the pickles I got were the wrong brand. Um, You're going to want to, your brain's going to be pushing you towards this. Oh, look at this woman at my work or my friend and she's so kind and she looks like she'd be so down to fuck like that kind of thing it it's just it's a natural progression that as soon as it starts to happen you got to pull yourself out of it you got to pull yourself back in because the more you're in a relationship the longer you're in a relationship the more work it takes how do you do that because Mm -hmm. that temptation can i can only imagine is so strong yeah what are some steps you can employ to resist that and to make sure you uh don't uh well cheat essentially yeah yeah what, you, are, what are some practical steps you can do is it having uh maybe even going on a holiday with your wife or mm. your primary partner and reconnecting with them as much as you possibly can is it reminding yourself of why you fell in love with them and maybe making that a regular occurrence what mm. are some really practical steps that one can undertake if they're enduring something like this yeah I think the first one is to know kind of what I said before the closer of proximity you are to Lucy or the equivalent of Lucy in your life the desired other person you're not going to be able to just deal with it you're going to rationalize things in your head by thinking if I a lot of people say if I hang out with her so much she won't be attracted to the real me so that's what I'll do oh Randy you literally said that you said if (laughs) If I flirt flirt with her her, I would, and Randy, this isn't bad on you or or anything like that. I know that that was a joke. You said it was a literal joke, but it's almost like a way that we validate 
I'm going to be a little bit in their space because that's what we're craving. So what's the obvious answer? You have to get out of their space and it's hard and you got to be cold. Like if she's like, hey, do you want to go for coffee? Every single part of your body is going to be like, yes, yes, yes. I want to go for coffee. I want to spend one on time. But guess what? You have to say no. And it's a necessary sacrifice that you have to make. And it's not going to be the hardest thing you ever have to go through in your life, Randy. Like, you know, it's going to be shit and you're going to feel guilty and you're going to be like, what if I did go for coffee? Did that mean that she likes me? Does that mean she just attracts me? You're going to be thinking about that. But this is not an emotion that you'll be feeling for the rest of your life. In 10 years time with your marriage, you're not going to be thinking, what if this happened with Lucy? In six months, three months, one month, a few weeks, you'll get over this if you handle it appropriately. And you'll look back and you won't be thinking, what if? You'll be thinking, thank God. And, oh, my God, that was weird. That's usually what happens. They okay. like, are like, I don't know what I was thinking about when that happened. Like, I, um, it, the book um, Mating in Captivity is so – I recommend anyone married to read this because a lot of it touches on this. And in that book, mm. she, um, she talks about a couple how – they were very, very happy in their marriage, really, really beautiful. They had um, a, a kid or two or something like that. And the wife had this friend who is one of those people that travel to like third world countries doing charity work and she was attractive and she had no man, she had no kids, she was just free. And she was so like full of life and, and vivacious that the husband was saying, you know, when when my wife's best friend came to say, stay, we were spending a lot of time together because he worked at home and he was like, I think I'm starting to fall in love with her. I'm so attracted to my wife's best friend, but I'm so guilty. And he was struggling with this for months and going through the same questions. What if she said I was, she was attracted to me back? What would happen then? Blah, blah, blah. And like, she's living the life that um, would be my life on a different path with no kids and no wife and just doing whatever you wanted. Like that's something about that that's so sexy. Anyway, what ended up happening was one night, he went out for dinner with with his wife and his wife's best friend and they were talking and he was kind of just sitting back and observing and they were, you know, as women are, they were chit-chatting back and forth so far. He didn't have much to contribute, but he started to observe his wife talking to his friend and he was kind of looking at her in a, in a different light and she said, his wife goes like, you know what, like, fuck, sometimes I wish I didn't have kids. Sometimes I wish I could just pack up and leave and travel the world like you. Like I admire that about you and like all this stuff. And she was just speaking so frankly and honestly. And he was so blown away that his wife was having those same thoughts. He was saying, looking at the best friend being like, attracted to her because she was emulating something that he can't have and his yeah. wife was looking at his best friend not being attracted her own best friend not being attracted to her by being like admiring her and then he came home and his feelings for that the wife's best friend had diminished within a minute of hearing his wife talk about it because he was like actually we're so similar and that's what made this marriage work and she thinks that as well and we've experienced this look at what we've built together but we're both real and he kind of just had this epiphany moment so i think it's so important to the point of this is he didn't necessarily remove himself from the wife's best friend as he should have, but he was in a position where he couldn't really. Mm. But he focused on his wife and put her in a different perspective. Um, and like I said before, because you're attracted to someone else, it doesn't mean that your current relationship is lacking, but you need to pour every bit of love and intention into your cu current relationship because the grass is greenest 
where you water it. So you got to find ways to make your wife feel special. You got to, you know, reconnect. You got to get that spark. You know, you might, you're not going to have the butterflies or the giggles or whatever, but you can have fun and you can, the giggles, (laughs) the giggles, (laughs) the giggles, the gals. No, um, you can have those kind of giggles and those, those sweet moments and things like that. But, um, it is about distance yourself from the person you're attracted to. And I oh, know you mentioned so as well, stressful. you fantasize about it. And I know, I know how good it feels to daydream about those like things and spend hours thinking, what if Lucy said this to me? Or imagine if she did this, you got to cut those off. Like you got to practice self-control and stop those thoughts when they happen and direct them towards something else. Oh. And Doing, don't say things, don't punish yourself. Don't be like, I'm a piece of shit husband because I'm thinking about this. No, 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 that's not going to work. Think positive and think love for something else like your wife. Like, so you'll start thinking, oh God, Lucy looks so sexy today when she walked in and she was being flirty. She touched my arm, was she flirting with me? And then think, oh, how nice was it when my wife came home and told me she missed me today? How nice was it when she wrote a little letter in my lunchbox? Like that kind of thing, really focusing on this and redirecting those thoughts rather than sitting in an hour of fantasy and and role-playing in your mind a a scenario that may or may not occur. Mm. All right, so put more effort into the person you're committed to if you're having those fantasies and distance that's that's the key like as you just got to be blunt you got to be borderline rude because you're going to feel shit about it you no one wants to be rude to someone they're attracted to and and shut them down and be like could you not talk to me but that's a small price to pay for your marriage and you got to do it that's your responsibility to do yeah yeah all right Chris slash Randy could do all that. Do all that, all but right? But you're, you're very, not a bad not, person. Yeah, you're not a horrible person. And with Sometimes all this stuff that all this, because uh, he's thinking a lot about that. Mm. How do you sometimes shut that off? Because I find it's torturous when I go through those kind of ruminations about, is this the right thing to do? Is this the wrong thing to do? What am I doing wrong here am i thinking about this the wrong way am i thinking about this the right way not even just in a romantic Mm. or sexual relationship just in life in general Mm. um i do find yeah meditation and mindfulness and occupying myself with other wholesome activities helps also drinking (laughs) but Mm. that's not a good thing to do uh for, for that reason so what are some other strategies one can employ to not have this constant thought track just weighing them down yeah. With this internal struggle. Yeah. How can I deal with this internal struggle I'm having? And let's let's broaden that to say how, if anyone's having an internal struggle about their morality and mm. whether or not they should act on a particular impulse, again, not just restricting that to a romantic relationship. Yeah. What can you do? This is something I yeah. struggle with in my life incessantly. Mm. Uh, and. Like I said, there are a few things that I've been able to employ that mitigate against some of that overthinking, but I think it's just some people are built that way. And it sounds like like all these things that he's articulated, it's it's very 
I'd like to, you know, be good to get a beer with this guy. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> um, Randy seems like he can have a good conversation <laughs> yeah. with someone. If like he's deep. Randy's deep. Yeah. I like, I, I can relate 100%. Randy, I want to come in on this beer too, okay? I don't drink, but I'll have like <laughs> for a... the boys. No, oh, you can, okay. no, you can come in, of course. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> That's so nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> I answered the question 70%, but only you can have the beer with him. Yeah. I'm going to have some sacred spaces for men. Okay. Yeah. Maybe do redirect your attention to Neil. That's the. Yeah. Having an emotional affair with me. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> um, but I know, I, I, I see what you're getting at yeah. there. And it is kind of cliche when people talk about mindfulness and meditation because for an overthinker, those kind of things are like, I'm literally sitting for 20 minutes bored, thinking about how I shouldn't be thinking and it's doing nothing beneficial for me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I think it's a really good skill to have that, um, like Randy and yourself and people who think like this, that you do have that reflective practice and that you are very self-aware because not a lot of people can think about a situation like this and really kind of unpack it. Um, so I think the very first step is to come at it at a place when you, when you're interpreting it for yourself is come at a place of self-love. Um, and that's, that sounds kind of hippy dippy bullshit, but You don't want to make yourself feel guilty. If you've done something shitty, you're not a shitty person. You know, everyone does shitty things. We're human, but it doesn't mean you're a bad person and realize that you have worth and that you have love and things like that. So don't let yourself sit in guilt and shame um, and, and hatred. Think of it as how do I move forward and, and where am I going next? And with the overthinking in general, you know, our brains at any given point, aside from when words are coming out of your mouth or someone's talking to you when you're alone, you're either thinking of the past or you're thinking of the future. And that's basically it. Like you're, you're thinking of something that's occurred in the past and you're trying to figure that out, or you're thinking about what the future will be or fantasizing about the future. And a lot of people don't realize that the whole point, I guess, of meditation, it is the only way to focus on the present because it's so hard to just focus on the present rather than, okay, right now I'm going to be writing or something like that. And that's why they say focus on breath. It is the only way to center yourself from, you know, I'm not going to think about the past or the present. I'm going to think about my breathing in this very moment. And it is still easier said than said because I know you said I don't want to do like meditation and breathing, but that's the purpose of it to get oh. it allowed the more you do it the more it allows you to stop kind of being able to control those fantasies or or anxieties about the future yeah and i i agree that that meditation mindfulness meditation can help you a lot mm. for the time period that you're doing the meditation that's what i find so i find there's all these thoughts going through my mind and then i do a 20 to 30 minute meditation and then it i suppose my thought track isn't as overheated as it was so it's not as intensely focused on what i was focused on before but Mm. it then just it comes back it's a matter of time before then all right those thoughts are right back in there again yeah yeah so it's um i wonder (laughs) for someone like you and and i'm a little bit like this too when it comes to meditation like i was lucky because i grew up with meditation my dad's a meditation teacher so it's been very ingrained in me since birth i guess um but the purpose of it is it is yes to give you release in this moment, but the more you do it and the more you practice it, the more it gives you control over future moments. And that's something that people fail to realize is they have, I sit, hear what you say a lot. Yeah, I feel calm for those 20, 30 minutes or even I do it for two hours, but the second I come out of it, it's back. Like those feelings are back. 
But the more you practice it, the more that in day-to-day life, like in this moment right now, you'd be able to be like, I'm going to sit right in the presence that you can just kind of integrate that as part of your natural brain um, synapses and, and the way that your brain responds to these things naturally. So I think it is, it's a worthy thing for anyone to practice, but it's not going to make you feel like this is resolved. And for someone like Randy, who, who clearly is very expressive and I, I love that he speaks so emotively, you got to put this passion inside of you and you got to take it out of your fantasy and imagination and you got to direct that somewhere else. So whether that be, Randy, don't be afraid to pick up a bloody pencil and do some drawing, even if you've never drawn anything in your life, you have to express yourself in some way because otherwise you're going to be expressing yourself through fantasy and thoughts and images in your mind that aren't going to be helping you and your relationship. And it's going to be a temptation for a little bit, but I can assure you that it does pass. And for 95% of people that have office crushes and do not act on them, they will all say that it passed after a few months or maybe sometimes a longer, sometimes it can be a year, but hopefully not. It always passes if you don't act on it and you give yourself distance and it's not going to be coming on. You're not going to be thinking about fantasizing about Lucy as long as Lucy's in your proximity. And if you are, then you need to think, shit, maybe I need to move jobs. If you're in this role for two years and you're still looking at Lucy every day thinking, holy shit, move jobs. Wow. Okay. What if someone who is in that situation and then is directing a lot of that passion and energy towards their primary partner, in this case, their wife, Mm. and it's still not satisfying them and maybe the wife is not responding in an ideal way for that person and they're still not getting what they psychologically desire from Mm. their primary partner and thus are even more attuned to this external person. Mm. So what I mean by that, I guess, is you've got this crush on a co-worker. I'm going to, you know, send some more flowers to my wife i'm gonna you know really talk to her deeply and and be as passionate towards her as i can but she's got whatever's going on in her mind yeah uh she's stressed with work she thinks this is a really happy marriage and i'm doing everything i can i don't need to change anything but he hasn't told her obviously that there's this Mm. external factor that's going on and then as a result he's putting in this effort maybe it goes unnoticed Mm. and you think well fuck like i yeah i tried and then I've still got these uh, desires for, for Lucy here yeah. and it's getting stronger now. Especially when it's sexual and you are, you are looking at Lucy and you can tell, you know, sometimes you can just tell when someone is a sexually charged person and you're looking at Lucy and she's being flirty and, and beautiful and smart and you're thinking that woman is sexy yeah. and I want her, I want to ravish her and I want her to ravish me. She would take such good care of me. Or maybe she's even said something like, oh, I love to do anal eight times a week minimum, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Damn. And you're like, holy Lucy. shit. That's why she got the name Lucy. No, nah, that was terrible. Um, take that back. Anyway, when we- I'll pay that. <laughs> Four out of 10. Four out of 10. Not bad. I'll take it. Um, but, you know, and then you go home to your wife and you're trying to get saucy with her and she's like, mm, and then you have mediocre sex and you're like, fuck. And then it makes Lucy look even more like 
sexual and arousing or erotic to you. The thing is, there's two scenarios. There's one in in which case, like for Randy's case, where his current relationship isn't slacking, where he's happy with his wife, but he's just seeing this beautiful, smart woman and it's making him like question things and have feelings that he can't really control. Yeah. In that scenario, you can't rely on, on your wife to give you this kind of feeling that you're chasing it you have to unpack that yourself internally you have to break down those feelings one step at a time until they're gone but you got to do it fast before you you like in the position that randy's in where the the amount he's thinking about it and wondering if she sorry and wondering if she likes him or not he has got his toe in the water of this is a very dangerous territory and he is this close to falling off the edge. So he's got to kind of jump out of the water there. But the second scenario is where you're in Randy's situation, but things aren't actually as great as they at home as you hope they are or in your relationship and you're not feeling valued and you're not feeling appreciated. You don't necessarily have to tell your partner about Lucy, but you have to say, this is what I want to work on in my relationship with you. And this is why, this is what I want to do for you. I want to, I want to be able to show you how much I love you. And I want to be showing you I'm empathetic and proud of you. And I want you to, you know, put that effort in for me as well. Kind of like really work on that together. Mm. Um, so if you basically in a nutshell, if you, things are lacking in your relationship, it's a teamwork thing. If nothing's lacking in your relationship, unpack it yourself and deal with it ASAP. Okay. Deal with it ASAP, Randy. Randy, get on it. Give us <laughs> feedback though. <laughs> uh, let's go through some of the, cause he's, he did, there were a lot of questions here. Uh, this one about body language. I know women are more attuned to verbal signals and body language. She may figure it out after a while. Do you have any advice? For the, that sounds like, again, that sort of thing you were talking about where rationalizing yeah, certain things in yeah, your brain. Yeah, Randy, it doesn't matter if you're coming across flirtatious or not, whether or not she is aware of it, it does not bloody matter. You just got to peace out with that. It, seem, it seems to be a very common theme, you know, in, in movies and, and, and in just literature as well, where there's this sort of unhappy, not unhappy necessarily, but... A married man who wants to feel the desire of being wanted by this mm. young, sexy woman again. Yeah. It's American beauty. It's, yes. It's, it's just everything. your classic yeah. trope all over the and place. And it's so normal and it's so common. And women have that as well. A lot of the people that message me about this situation are, in fact, women. And they've met some guy and he's making her feel sexy. And she's like, my God, I haven't felt sexy in years and one um lovely woman messaged me and she said she hadn't even thought about this co-worker as attractive until someone had told her that he found her attractive Mm. and as soon as she knew oh this man over there relatively good looking man is into me all of a sudden she was attracted because that's her body seeking this is someone that is going to validate me and show me that I'm wanted and I'm sexy and and we as humans we always want to express our sexuality especially you know it's intrinsic we want to men want to spread their seed and get as much like genetic variety as possible and unfortunately with the way that relationships are if you well maybe not unfortunate but if you're in a monogamous relationship it's a sacrifice that you have to make just don't let yourself sit in the situation is is kind of what I'm trying to get at. Mm. Okay. My flirting comes across as quirky, weird, and quite likely annoying. Oh, That's cute. Maybe all I'll have to do is flirt with her. She'll find this unattractive. And but don't do that. Don't, yeah, don't <laughs> do that. 
I don't want to hurt or lead anyone on. All right. Well, I think we've Eliza's unpacked that very methodically. So yeah. thank you, Eliza. You you are welcome. I'm just, I'm just looking through this. If there's anything else that we can touch on again, or I that think, you can touch on, you've done all of that. I think there is the other scenario is when when the Lucy equivalent starts pursuing you and how how you can kind of unpack that or, or deal with someone pursuing you and and being like let's get drinks and let's let's hang out and this and that or messaging you after hours when you're at home at 9 30 p.m about something work related it's again i'm going to be repeating the same thing but you don't reply you do not reply after 5 p.m or whenever it is you get home from work, you don't reply. If you're at the office late and she's at the office late, you go home and you work from home. Like it's just this forced boundaries that you have to be putting into place um, between the two. And and like you said before with that, um, so you must read the books um, Mating in Captivity. And she's also got a book like um, State of Affairs. State of Affairs um, and her podcast. A lot of it is about Where Should We Begin is about, you know, the temptation of infidelity or surviving infidelity. So a lot of that by Esther Perel is amazing and it will help you understand your cognitive processes towards that and that you know, it, it is something that we're human and you're going to experience from time to time. Don't judge yourself on these feelings but judge yourself on how you handle it and how you approach it. Mm. Um, but for those 90% of relationships that, you know, where we do pursue the Lucy and it falls apart, it's so true. And everyone I ever have known that has pursued a work relationship when they were already in relationship, my God, has it fallen to shit. And it's I've never heard of like a successful story of this scenario. So it's not worth it. Yeah, I remember once I said that fact to my my parents and then they looked at each other and gave <laughs> eyebrows I was like oh what happened did there? they made it work i don't know my parents <laughs> i don't know i don't know if one of them my parents were affair, literally but... this situation my dad was the boss and my mum was the receptionist so ah classic classic, classic. 13 you, year age gap <laughs> when you were when you were do you get hit on by like older men in relationships every single boss except for my current job that i've had every single one of them has been has tried to sleep with me and they're both, well, actually three, four of them have been married with children and it's been not just flirty but like literal approaching me, asking me for sex, claiming to be in open relationships. Two of them claimed that they were in open relationships where... How did you find out that they weren't? (laughs) um, One of them divorced him. Um, Because Because of him approaching you? I had a feel, maybe... Um, yeah, and also well. because they said that only they were allowed to pursue other people, but their partners weren't. So they said that. Yeah, Why that, would they say that. I was like, it's not really an open relationship. That's just like you get to do what you want, and your wife doesn't. Um, but it was very classic, you know, me being twenty one and twenty two, twenty three. The younger I was, the more I was getting pursued by the married men in their forties who were so. One of my bosses, I hope he doesn't listen to this, but we worked together years ago and he still was messaging me constantly saying he wants me or like, can I see you? And I'm the biggest bitch to him you could possibly imagine. I'll literally be like, I don't want you. Get over it. I've never wanted you. This is so inappropriate. And But he likes that I'm a bitch to him. I think it gets him oh, going yeah, or something. You. So he kind of like... One, yeah. 
go delves into it further. So it is very like as a woman, especially in a workplace, it's another thing to be conscious of is that if this person is a younger woman, it can be really upsetting when you're trying to prove yourself as an employee, especially the industry I worked in, you know, child protection, therapy, social work, working with vulnerable communities. Damn. And some man's here being like, let's, you know, get it on. It's really hard to prove your worth when all you feel that your worth is, is I was hired because he thought I was hot or he found out I had a degree in sexology. So thought it meant I would fuck him, like (laughs) those kind of things. So be conscious if you're a man, when you're approaching a younger woman of how that actually, the impact that that may have on her going forward, because it's not, it's not as good as a feeling as people might interpret like, oh, poor you, people want to have sex with you. (laughs) Like, no, it's your career, it's your job. And it's also about respect. I'm not going to respect a man that is approaching me when I know he's he's married. Actually, my um one of my best friends she she works um of a high corporate role, and she very recently, just like a month ago, hopefully it's not you, Randy, um was she had um, a guy call her a couple times at work and she he'd be like have you processed this they weren't even in the same office I think but Mm. they could see each other's photos and then he'd have to call her again and be like hey how did you go with this blah 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 and he was my friend's very very friendly and beautiful and chatty so she'd be like hi how are you like oh I'm just doing this and are you up to much this weekend kind of thing and then he started messaging her um personal number I'm not sure how he got it because I don't think she gave it to him but she he started messaging her personal number and then um she messaged him she looked at his LinkedIn profile so he hadn't said anything other than she's like a really nice person maybe they can go for drinks or something and she being the stalker she is looked at his LinkedIn profile and then messaged him being like you look like you're in a wedding suit on your LinkedIn profile picture and then he was like oh yeah that is my um that is actually my wedding suit and I am married, but... Such a classic trope now. It's it's almost yeah. like if there's a boss that doesn't hit on the young co-worker, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's this, interesting. This is the story that we're all hearing is he said to her, oh, I'm on the couch though, you know, I'm in the dock, things aren't well. Like it's always, by the way, my relationship's falling apart, therefore feel free to like hit on me or there is potential for us to sleep together because my relationship's falling apart. And then um, a few days later, he was messaging her being like, I still have really strong, like, I I don't know where this has come from. I have really strong feelings for you. And she's at this point, there's been about eight texts between the two of them. So she's like, what the fuck? Like, it's not like we've been working together for a long time. Mm. She's just really hot and friendly. And he's just a married person looking at her and he's young. He's in his thirties. Um, and being like, my God, she's beautiful and look how nice she is to me and thinking like it meant something. And then he sent another message being like, I've been away for a few days camping with my family and he accidentally let slip that he had two young children. And uh, it was like, well, if he's on the doghouse, why is he taking trips away with his wife and kids? Like, And then she ended up saying, I'm not interested in pursuing something outside of work. But Anyway, that's a long tangent I just went on. But my, my no, point all- is, is that it happens all the bloody time and it doesn't feel good as the woman. you got to understand that as well. Yeah, of course. I can imagine that. But just, yeah, there's one of two options again with a lot of these things. It's either like men do just suck or there's like a deep desire men have to feel validated by pursuing beautiful women. 
Yeah. And then I I hear a lot of these stories and that's a big reason why I like the philosophy of an open relationship. Do you know what though? This isn't just a, it's not, it's very common in women too, but women handle it differently because if hypothetically, this never really happened to me, but if I was in a relationship and let's say I was attracted to someone I worked with. Yeah. Most commonly like as a woman we're social and we talk i would literally be going to my friends that night being like oh my god this guy my work he's really cute and he's so nice and he's done this for me and he said this and like i'm feeling really confused and we would hash it out on the spot kind of thing and they'd be like eliza don't you fucking dare like that's the guy you're the best man like that kind of thing it gets dealt with so immediately but men will hold this and they're not likely to share that kind of emotion or vulnerability with anyone because sometimes men don't open up to other men with this kind of depth other than saying oh yeah lucy's hot a eh? like that's not to put all men if into that, a box but still you if know? you even say that yeah it's unlikely that you're going to be going to your male friends being like hey man like i'm really struggling i've, I've got the most amazing wife as you know and this other girl's come in i find her be- really beautiful what should i do kind of thing they're not they're dealing with it all on their own whereas girls will deal with it amongst each other so that's why it doesn't seem such like as prevalent because you know once you talk about it and you get it out and you get your solution you get your advice you get your help or support you feel better and you're like oh okay i'm not as crazy i'm not like such a shit person and then you probably get over it yeah that's something men should do more of and girls also get the ick very quickly so like if, with the the person they might have a crush on, yeah. or with their actual with their main partner. No, with or the both, person they have, or both. Or both. <laughs> both. Girls um, get the ick very quick, so their partner will do, their their crush will do something at the office, like um, leave his chair untucked, and then all of a sudden she'll be turned off. <laughs> leave his chair. Untucked. She'll like find him on Facebook Jesus. and then be like, he's holding a fish. I'm turned off. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So be careful of that. I think it was like 40% of relationships start from office relationships, but that might have been before Tinder was oh, so yeah, prevalent. Now, I'm not if sure. If you look at the graph of that, it's uh, online relationships were at a steady 5 to 10% from the advent of the internet. And then over the last <laughs> five years, it's gone up to 80% or something. Crazy. It's a lot. How did you meet your partner? Was it online? Hinge. Oh, there you go. And okay. I literally met him as I was deleting Hinge. And I, um, I was like looking through my messages and I had so many unread messages. I was overwhelmed. I was like, I'm just going to delete it. And then my ve- most recent message was from him and he goes, oh, are you vegan? And I was like, is this a vegan man? Because it's very hard to find attractive vegan men. <laughs> there's Oof. so many gorgeous and there's so many, or just vegan men in general, there's not many. And um, there's so there's hundreds and thousands of vegan women. Um, but I was like, this is a rare, mm. <laughs> a rare thing. So there you like, go. So I was like, yes, I well, am. Well, good on you. Vegan. He was like, same. And I was like, okay, well, we'll just get married. Yeah, there you go. Um, I don't know how much more we can unpack about these sorts of things. It would be interesting to... Send uh, us an update, Randy, one day. Yeah, send us an update and then one day to do a podcast on just... We'll get Lucy in. Office infidelity <laughs> or just workplace infidelity or mm. the the morality of uh, older married men fantasizing over younger women or and and likewise older married women fantasizing over whether it's younger men or just other other men and whether or not yeah. is that to be seen as an intrinsically human thing the fantasy itself I'm, I'm sure we're mm. all in agreement that it is but then if it is an intrinsically human thing what can we do about is there some way we can change the way we look at relationships to 
have allow people to better fulfill those urges whilst still not throwing out the baby with yeah. the bathwater and maintaining the the positive aspects of a traditional Mormon monogamous relationship. Yeah. You got to think about what's right for you because like, you know, you can, there's absolutely ways in which you can maintain a completely monogamous relationship and be a hundred percent satisfied and happy. And there are ways that you can maintain an open relationship and be like, fuck yeah, I got everything I ever dreamed of. You know, either way, it's kind of up to what, what you want, but is we should do that. It's interesting though, because I always get messages from, um, on Instagram from girls that listen to this podcast, girls I don't know, and they're always you like, get oh. so many messages. I got one the other day. Yeah, <laughs> I get. Thank you. I get a few messages. I think I always say it's because I don't have like many followers on that Instagram page, so people will know that I will reply. <laughs> no, it's because you actually know what you're talking about. <laughs> I just talk shit. You're like, I don't know. Ask I'm just Eliza. like, all right, this is what I've done wrong. <laughs> Go to the in gym. relationships in my life. Don't be don't a pussy. Don't do this. <laughs> So and that's true. what the next one will be. This yeah. is the, all the ways I've fucked up. Don't yes. do this. Yes, so true. But the girls always message me saying, oh, my God, Neil always talks about how young girls, only young girls and 20-year-olds are attractive. We need to be talking about. I never said that. Well, okay, no, no I never I know, said that. I have clarified that we're talking about research here. Yeah. And it's an important point to make and, and that there is a difference between like initial attraction and yeah, ongoing uh, attraction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we're t- I'm talking about what is visually stimulating for someone at first glance. And, I mean, come on, like men as well get to a certain age where they stop being as attractive physically. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get to the wrinkly... Not I don't know. Men, men are deemed as sexy well into their 60s. So, but re- not many. There's like a few silver foxes, but most mm. men in their 60s would not be seen as hot. I don't know. You'd be surprised. You should come really? into a couple of my girl group chats and hear what they have to say. About men in their 60s. <laughs> yeah. It's but like, just... is it a visual? Is it if you just were like rating pictures no, of them, then no. Probably not. Yeah, isn't but that interesting? But then men like will be more attuned to that initially, I, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I you think know. about it is what the way I try to explain to people, you could have, you know, a a 35-year-old woman here who's saucy, spicy, and she's she's educated, she's smart, she's intelligent. You could kind of have like this young 19-year-old just out of high school who's a bit shy and awkward. You might sit down in front of them and you might think, well, they're both equally attractive or maybe the 19-year-old's hotter or whatever. But then there is a difference between having that thought and then talking and being like, holy shit, I was so stimulated in this conversation with this mature woman who knows what she wants than with this younger person that is like, oh, I like um, white dogs. But then again, it can be totally in the reverse. So it's just, you yeah. know, like I meant not white dogs as in like race. I meant like little fluffy. <laughs> like <laughs> that's kind of, well, white dog. I don't like black dogs. Uh, <laughs> no, I just meant the little fluffy white lap dogs. But, you know, it's it, it, ongoing attraction can come down to like, how, you know, how you feel stimulated. Yeah, I, oh, I'm not I'm not disagreeing mm. with that at all. But I, I yeah, just. That's me agreeing the, with you. Yeah, the research <laughs> yeah. and the, the yeah. statistics. I'm just saying that sort of stuff. In the same way, there are things that men have to accept to just intrinsically visually attractive to women and you may not have it like height and jawline and all that sort of stuff and it's just like you just gotta you can't sit there complaining about it mm-hmm. just, just be funny just try to be funny yeah yeah make a career out of that and say do it all right well how about we wrap this one up but thank you best of randy luck randy slash chris 
uh, if you've got a question. And Randy, all your money will be going to charity. Thank you for that Thank as well. Thank you for saving, saving the children. Uh, so you're definitely not a horrible person. Yeah. There you go. Uh, if but- you're interested in sending a question or you have a query, go to neilcolhatka.com slash podcasts. All money from that will go straight to charity as well. Great. See you next week. See you.